What's up, hockey fans? This is episode 69 of the ClapperCast. I'm Burke, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sean. Sean, got a good episode today. How's it going? Very nice. <laughs> had to get it in there. <laughs> had, to, had to do it. Yeah. I had to do it, okay? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're doing... I think we're all feeling a little bit like Detroit's uh, retro re- or reverse retro jersey this year, you know? Just a little bit uninspired and lacking. Yeah, a little bland and a little, a little bored. Quarantine life is... Got you looking like your your color has faded and you're just gray and white. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's uh that that sums it up pretty nicely. Yeah, that that I think is the standout shitty reverse retro for me. I don't even know what they're going for besides you know retro practice jerseys maybe. I I think practice fits right in with with the team right now. To be honest, we talking about practice? That's so retro. <laughs> yeah, kind of weird. Um. I wasn't really a fan of the Capitals jersey, mostly because, like, I love the the eagle design, but I just wanted the original look. Like, it just seems like such a tease to have the the modern colors with that jersey. And maybe, maybe this is just a template to have that jersey so that they can produce it in other color schemes. Well, you see, I think the main point is that they didn't want to do something that had already been done so that they would make people buy the jerseys. Probably like they have to change. They have to change it up, not just re-release. Because then, like, you got people who already have the old jersey still. But then, how do you make it a new color? How do you explain the Islanders jersey then? It's just like a darker blue. (laughs) (laughs) You you've let you've uh yeah I have no argument for that one. (laughs) I don't get it. (laughs) The Islanders is like the equivalent of when they forgot the submission deadline and they're just resubmitting an old assignment for this because they just didn't have any work done. Yeah. Yeah, you can copy my homework, but change it a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly, pretty much exactly it. it. It's, yeah, it's really bad. Um, some of the other standouts to me were I really liked the Calgary one. I really liked the LA one. Someone um, pointed out the Calgary one has the exact same color and stripe design as the uh, Canucks skate jersey, that black, red, and orange one the Canucks had in the past. Oh, so they're okay. just really taking over that franchise this year. Yeah. I did, I did have one of those horse head jerseys when I was a kid, so I kind of always had a soft spot for it. Um, the Canucks one, though, I thought was garbage. I did yes. not like that one. I agree. I do. I do like the little maroon like fade jerseys that they had, but the green and blue looks not good. Is it a stripe or is it like a gradient? It's a gradient. Yeah, I don't like those on a hockey jersey. No, I don't like them. Toronto one was bad. I think most of the original six were bad i liked the i like the lady liberty one but yeah i don't know they have it seems like every division had about like two or three good ones and the rest were just trash so um the pacific especially were just bad yes um personally i'm a fan of the uh the wild the hurricanes and the avalanche because the wild had that one where they were taking the north stars color scheme which was really cool uh, which was a really cool look for for that logo um the hurricanes brought back the whalers and the avalanche have the um that little symbol the nordiques had on their jersey that i can't remember the name of they've got that lining the bottom of it so i for the same reason i don't like the capitals one i don't like the colorado one because just like the modern colors on and for that one an old franchise so i don't i don't know the whalers one is a little touchy too i love the whalers jersey and i would i want one but yeah it's a touchy i think the the minnesota one is the way to do it like you the have like colors the on new, the new jersey, jersey but the old colors 
So I think that's Fair kind enough. of a, a like a nice nod to like, yeah, this team we had a different franchise before, and now it's different. But I don't know. Jerseys. I think yeah, the, the NHL just wants to make money. That's the cynical view of it. They need need people <laughs> to buy jerseys, so they'll re- release different ones. And uh, Vegas. Yeah, you somehow get two jerseys in one off season. So you've got like well, gold they have to pay for Petrangelo somehow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Vegas needs more money, apparently. Um, but uh, I guess that's kind of a nice intro into the Pacific, which is the division that we're going to be doing some rankings for as far as how good their offseason was, grades A to F. Um, last week we covered the Central, right? Yeah, Central. We it did. seems like ages ago. Um, and we were pretty on par. So let's see how... Uh, we are for this division. Yeah, there's there's some wild card teams here, so I'm interested to see where we fall. Yeah, let's 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 kick it off here with the Anaheim Ducks. So, uh, I'll start, I guess. Um, I gave them a D minus, and was really close to giving them just an F because I had a hard time finding out exactly what they did aside from sh- signing Shattenkirk to a three year deal and trading that good Branson for a fourth. Hey. I was right there, <laughs> and I just saw also that they re-signed Christian Juice, and I think I'm probably, I would have noticed that, but maybe not you, because I know who Christian Juice is, <laughs> he's not a super significant part of the team, I would say, but hey, good for him, he got another deal. Um, so, I think just based on how the Ducks were doing last year, that they probably needed to do a lot more than this, and they didn't. And I don't know if Shattenkirk is going to significantly change the path of this team moving forward, but I don't know. That's just me. I just think they didn't do enough. How about you? I agree with that sentence, the they didn't do enough. They could have done more. There was a lot of pieces that they probably could have brought in to help out the team, and there is still one in Mike Hoffman if they can attract him down to Anaheim. I ended up giving him a C-. minus. Uh like you said, they barely did anything in terms of actual moves. And I think part of it is that they're in a part of the rebuild right now where a lot of their positions and a lot of their holes are going to be filled from within, where they're expecting guys like Max Comtois, Sam Steele, and Troy Terry to you know, be better next year because they struggled, all of them, last season. And then they also have Trevor Zegra and Braden Tracy and Benoit Olivier Gruel, who are coming up through their system to also help with the forward core because that's where they struggled with uh, last season was their offense was brutal. They couldn't do anything there. Um, I think that they could have brought in some pieces to help in the short term, but their long-term rebuild plan is just going to be waiting for these prospects to fill out and to fill out the roster rather than bringing in a whole bunch of free agents. So I kind of see them as being along the right path of where their rebuild is trending. And that's why I kind of went a little bit higher, just because I don't think they're missing out on too much by not making a push right now. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, that they've got some younger guys coming into the lineup. Um, I just remembered when I said that, that I didn't believe in D-minuses last week, so I'm going to change mine to a D instead, um, just to stay consistent. We aren't hypocrites. yeah, Yeah, no, I can't change my opinions just like that yeah so i guess we're 
you were a little nicer to them than me, which was kind of the flip from last week. Um, let's move on here to a team that I was very also not impressed with, the Arizona Coyotes. And uh, let's see how you gave them first. Yeah, I, I just flat out went with an F. <laughs> they... In my in my observation, they did nothing of significance to improve the roster. Their key addition was Tyler Pitlick, who is like a fourth line forward. Um, they had zero draft picks this year, and they wasted another on Mitchell Miller. They lost Taylor Hall, and it is just it looks like it was an overall disaster for what is already a perpetually struggling organization. And you know they were kind of like just looking like they were kind of turning the tide on maybe a little bit of a better couple of seasons where they kind of move out of rebuild territory and they they just tanked again. So they're they're way back, you know, a few years behind where they were, you know, two months ago. Yeah, I also gave them an F. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, I have, for every of these teams, I have in and out. And I have in, Pitlick, out, Hall, and Hinnestrosa. And then I have just circled whole ordeal the draft pick yeah because that's i don't really want to get into that but it's just and then they went into the playoffs with their gm cheka just abandoning ship and then leaving in a cloud of smoke and kind of leaving the, the ship on course to hit you know uh, an iceberg or something in the desert <laughs> it's just <laughs> i don't know what like didn't seem like he left any plans for anything and then just abandoned and now it's just no one is able to course correct and yeah they lost taylor hall and brought in taylor pitlick so that doesn't seem quite on the same level but hey that's just me no shots fired uh, on pitlick he's a great player but uh losing someone like taylor hall who you traded an arm and a leg for seems to be a bit of a bit of a miss so yeah i also gave them an f because basically for like what the fuck are you guys doing exactly. just seems like a bit of a and weird I mean, I operation going on i can see why they weren't able to do anything because they're sitting at like a complete max cap space right now but yeah um, they feel like they're over the cap i think right now yeah they are so what like what are you doing yeah just, uh, you know, it's just just a rough time for that franchise still. Yeah, and I I want them to do well, like I want them to succeed, but they just it just keeps happening, Sean. I don't know how many times can this keep happening before they realize this isn't a winning strategy. We need to do something else. I mean, that was something new for them to try and bring in Hall and, and Kessel to try and bring in some big names, and it just... It, it was, because that... The team got worse. It did. So, it, I, I mean, know. both of those players, they... I mean, Hall eventually did okay by the end of it, the, the stretch, but they never really made the impact that they were wanted to or hoped to. And I don't know if that's a result of the roster beside them or if that's, like, coaching strategy does not fitting with that type of star player, but just did not work. Yeah, and... um they there was the huge rumors and confirmed rumors that they were trying to trade away Ekman Larson weren't able to make a deal happen it was rumored that they were asking for way too high of a price for him they wanted like Thatcher Demko from the Canucks and they weren't willing to part with him but 
I mean, yeah, if you're willing to trade your captain and just kind of lose everything, I think they're just cap strapped and the, some of the deals they have just don't make sense. And yeah, yeah, it's, I don't think they're going to be competitive for a while if they keep kind of floundering like this. Especially not in the Pacific when the Canadian side of that division is trending upwards. Yeah. All right. Well, we're in total agreement that Arizona is a tire fire. So at least at least we have that, Sean. Um, we'll move on to your beloved franchise, the best team in Alberta, Sean. I'm hurting Calgary over here. Flames. This, this, one's, <laughs> this one's hurting, like, physically. I'm just uh, I'm about to fall over. So I have uh, – I'll start with Calgary. I gave them an A-, and – I think, um, you know, we've we've talked before about how they added in half the Canucks roster. So let's just reiterate exactly what has happened. Um, they've added Jacob Markstrom, uh, also Louis Deming, which is just funny. Um, Chris Tanev, Josh Levo, uh, Joachim Nordstrom. Uh, they re-signed Froze, Froze, I don't know how to say that guy's name. Um they also signed Dim Dominic Simone and Nikita Nesterov, uh, D-man, who was playing for the Lightning or Montreal or something, and then went to the KHL and has come back. Um, and they've lost Cam Talbot, Jankowski, Gustafson, probably Hamanich, and TJ Brody. Uh, so I see that they've upgraded in net. Um, they've upgraded in depth on forward and they have slightly declined in defense in my opinion losing Brody and Hamanich is yeah. is it's gonna hurt and, and especially with Giordano being a year older at this point too yeah and they've they've they brought in Tanev and he's a great defensive defenseman um, but he's not gonna have the offensive impact that Hamanich and Brody you know not that they're you know like amazing offensive players but their their level of offense is not going to be replaced by uh Tanev. So I think they did a good job of bringing in some excellent talent but they need one more defenseman to be a complete team in my opinion. Um but they've they've upgraded in everywhere else. Uh so what are your, what are your thoughts as a uh, a known non-Calgary Flame fan. <laughs> I I ended up with giving them a B. That I think I agree with pretty much everything you said there that they brought in a whole bunch of really good pieces. They they've had goaltending trouble for a long time. They had it again last season that was kind of one of their downfalls. They bring in Jacob Markstrom who's going to help big time in the short term. Um the reason I didn't go higher with the grade is because I think while these deals were short-term wins for them, they're going to be a bit questionable 2-3 years down the line. That you know, by the end of Chris Tanev's deal, he's making four point five million a year right now. It's probably not going to be. That's probably going to be a bit of an overpayment. And the same with Jacob Markstrom, forty years down the line, I don't know if he's going to be still worth the six and a half or whatever that he's making, or the six million that he's making. Pardon me. Um, in terms of the downgrade on defense, I think the team is really relying on one of Rasmus Anderson, Yuso Valamaki, or Oliver Shillington to really step up and make a bigger. Uh, or play a, play a bigger role for the team. Um, all three of them have shown promise to be there already, and I think one of them will kind of replace a lot of what Goldmiss with Hamanich and Brody. 
and other than that like they they did upgrade most of their roster and i think they did a really good job this offseason of addressing big needs and doing what they could with what they were accessing and you know the big name is jacob markstrom is going to really help that team yeah some good points um i think rasmus anderson he just re-signed i think in january didn't sign an extension and he's kind of shown i think the most promise out of those guys I agree. Um, he looked really good in the times that i see him he's right-handed he, defenseman too right yes i think he's right-handed um so i think he's gonna probably be like their next top four top two maybe demon um if he keeps developing uh as the way he is um but yeah i mean that's a good excellent point sean about the 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 length of the deals and just the the an annual average value being on the high side for some of these guys and yeah i mean if they're in win now mode uh it's that's, worth it. that's the premium that they have to pay yeah. to, to try and win um they've been close and just haven't been able to get it done and i think markstrom I'm obviously a huge fan of the guy, and I think he'll be able to steal some games for Calgary that in the past that they would not have been able to do. And so I, I think they're going to be competitive with, with him and Nett. Um, I think that they've they've gone all in, and they've not, they haven't gone full Columbus mode, but <laughs> they've, uh, they've really shown that they're trying to win and um, attracting some talent. And if that all comes from Vancouver, <laughs> so be it. Um, that's one team that we can... Um, steal from to make less competitive sure it's an interesting makes strategy us, makes Usually our job easy teams go division like within the division like that but this time calgary is just like sapping the division of talent bringing it all to them as much as they as much as they can yeah it'll be interesting to see if anyone in division takes like hamanich if he stays in the pacific or if he goes somewhere else because i really don't think he, I, I guess calgary probably doesn't even have the space to sign him so um we'll see where he ends up but uh yeah good job from calgary so uh, i was a bit uh as expected a bit uh bit nicer i guess in my grading to calgary which is as you're an edmonton fan that's expected so as the local edmonton fan let's move on to the edmonton oilers and take it away so i gave the oilers a b minus that ultimately I don't think they did anything significant to change the roster. They mostly brought in depth pieces. However, I think uh, really, really close to when free agency opened, Ken Holland's offseason plans had to change very quickly once he found out Oscar Kleffbaum was going to be out long-term. And suddenly this, the focus of his time had to go from you know, funneling money into a goalie into finding a defenseman or someone to replace some of Kleffbaum's role on the team. Um, they, And what he did... The Oilers have cap troubles. They're not exactly swimming in cap space. And what Ken Holland brought in for very limited cap space is actually a really good tra transactions on paper, where he brings in someone like Kyle Turris for $1.65 million. Um, Dominic Cahoon, who's got tons of chemistry in the past with Dreisaitl, on a $975,000 deal. Tyson Berry's at $3.75 million. Mike Smith, one point five. They've got uh, Jesse Puliyarvi back at one point one seven five and a depth forward like Tyler Ennis for a million. So that's, to me, that's a lot of solid pieces for cheap. And I think that's kind of where the Oilers have to go right now is finding, like, those diamonds in the rough contracts. So 
yeah, they, I wish they would have been able to go after a better goalie. You know, it was rumored that they sent out like a 5 by 6 or 5 by 7 contract to Jacob Markstrom. Um, I was hoping for someone like Thomas Grice who would help you know, split the load with um, Miko Koskinen, but ultimately Mike Smith is okay for the price that he is commanding. That he did, oh, he did well enough in the regular season. Sucked in the playoffs. He had that one really bad game that kind of set the tone for the series. But in terms of a backup role, splitting seventy thirty with Koskinen, I don't see Mike Smith as a bad option for for the time being. Just to tie them over until they can figure out the roster direction for the future. Yeah, I gave I gave them a B. Um, so again, showing that I'm a, I would have been an easier teacher <laughs> to pass <laughs> a class in than you. Um, I, I, for the reasons that you mentioned, um, I gave them a B. I think, you know, they were able to do good with the availability that they had and they were able to fill the spots that they needed to, um, they weren't able to upgrade anybody in net, but you know, they didn't, they needed to, to get Tyson Berry to replace that, uh, you know, that shooting defenseman for the first power play. I feel that, I feel the need to, um, insert this as well that i know tyson berry is not a replacement for oscar clefbaum <laughs> that clefbaum is actually decent decent enough defensively tyson berry is mostly just the offensive side or the offensive contribution in the power play that's that's why i said it like that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that the shooting defenseman on the yeah. power play is what they needed and very good choice of words <laughs> that's what they got and so they're able to get that um able to sign re-sign ennis get pool party back on board get dominic cahoon so I mean, they were able to get those wingers that can hopefully add the secondary scoring that they've been looking for for so long. Um, I don't. I'm curious to see how Pool Party does if he if he even cracks the lineup at this point, having not played in the NHL for over a year. I think he's done well enough in Finland, and the Oilers, especially on right wing, are weak enough that he will slot in pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Playing in Finland. Who knows how that translates? And then Kyle Turris, uh, I think that's a really good addition to sign him um, for pretty cheap considering he got bought out. Um, I'm excited to see how he does with a, uh, a new coach, a new new teammate, teammates, and not having been the la- having the label of being like the guy breaking the team down by your contract. Because um, that you, probably weighs uh, pretty heavily over a guy. You're not too far off calling the Oilers a group of two mates because it's basically just McDavid and Drysaddle, anyway. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two guys, just, the just two. two guys. But yes, I agree on Kyle Turris. I, it'll be nice to have. I assume he's going to be the third line center. It'll be nice to have someone who's put up 40 points in the past down in that role. Yeah, and it allows the, you know, all the people who are like, oh, Nugent Hopkins is a third line center. That, no, we don't need him there. Doesn't need to play there now. We've got Turris. Yep. So he, he that'll is a be good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So that's Edmonton. Uh, curious um, that uh, I gave him a better grade than you, but I guess that's kind of the the hometown uh, reluctance to be overconfident. I, I so try. I try to be objective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're still pretty close. I mean, we're within one letter grade. You had a B minus, I had a B. Um, so uh, we'll move on to the just the team that wowed me with the amount of moves that they did. L.A. Kings. Wow. <laughs> you couldn't be more excited. 
Got Owen Wilson over here. (laughs) (laughs) I gave them an F. Uh, They brought in Ole Mata, who is, as we know, a sniper from the Chicago Blackhawks. He scored a lot of goals in the playoffs, surprisingly. Um, Sweet. Um, And they also acquired Elias Anderson from the New York Rangers, so expect to see shit being thrown into the stands (laughs) if he's in the lineup. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they, I don't think they'll be winning the, the anything w- anytime soon, so it's probably okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get some participation ribbons. He might throw them at someone in the stands. <laughs> um, and then they the one good move is that they re-signed Walker. Um, and uh, another thing of note that is that they lost Pro Horkin to the KHL, and I thought he was actually kind of a exciting player for them. And it kind of sucks that they lost him. And other than that, I kind of didn't really. Maybe I'm missing something glaringly obvious, but I didn't see them do anything else. Did they? Am I missing something here? You you aren't. I I mean, other than mentioning sign, drafting and signing Quentin Byfield, right? And Alex Laferriere or whatever. Which is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm gonna stick with my F then. Because what are you? What? What? Why? Why not do anything? Yeah. What did you <laughs> give them? <laughs> I, I settled on a D. I think for a similar <laughs> reason to Anaheim, like they're in the middle of a rebuild. They're very clearly in the middle of a rebuild. They're mostly focused on stockpiling draft picks and developing prospects. They have one of the best prospect pools in the league, and they're just kind of waiting for them to come up and play under Kopitar and Dowdy and Dustin Brown, Jonathan Quick, just get some experience in the league. They're not. I don't think they're expecting to do much for a few seasons. I'm not really worried about, or I'm not really thinking they're too interested in bringing in players that aren't going to want to come there to play for a bad team. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't still at least make it look like they're trying. And you know, <laughs> only Matt Elias Anderson. That's not not a great off season. Uh, not not a great off season acquisition tr- uh, list there. Yeah, I get. They do have a really great prospect pool and. Um, they're definitely in rebuild mode, but like I don't know, don't can't they at least try and get some more picks or something? I think that was their focus in the draft. Know. They made some trades for more picks or just trading up or down or something. Yeah, I mean, I guess at this point, how much do they have left that people would want? But I don't know. I mean, it feels like they didn't really do really anything. So I gave them an F. Just like I mean, that doesn't mean that they're not moving in the right direction or anything. It's just like. As far as your off season, this is a huge opportunity to do things, and you're not doing anything. So, well, opportunity lost. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. L A F. You gave him a D. So I guess and they one other class, but one other factor I'd like to point out too is like you mentioned that this off season could have been an opportunity for them. There's a lot of teams who are looking to dump cap space this off season, and the Kings have a solid amount. They're sitting right now at 13 million or so in cap space, so they could have you know right. taken on a bad contract for a couple of seasons gotten some draft picks or prospects out of it and done something that way but they didn't really pursue that option anyways yeah yeah that's an excellent point i mean there's lots of teams that are struggling i mean you mentioned the oilers um there's tons of teams that are right up against the cap and if la's not making those calls that's that's a fireable offense i think if you're not trying to take advantage of that situation and take take on some bad contracts for a season while your team's gonna suck i mean you're not doing the best that you could you could be acquiring picks 
because your team's going to be trash and you're going to place badly and you could get some solid draft picks. I, I don't know. It seems like a huge, huge miss opportunity there, and that's a really great point. So, yeah, L.A., F, or D, depending on who you ask. Uh, okay, well, let's move on to the last team here in California. Who I'm also, I also, I also was not wowed by uh, <laughs> the the San Jose Sharks. So, Sean, what did you uh, grade these guys? So, unlike you, I do believe in D minuses, and I gave the San Jose Sharks a D minus because. In a very similar way to the Kings, they did literally nothing really for their roster. I don't think they really <laughs> had much ability to do anything, but they actually made it worse by now they have two of the <laughs> worst goalies in the NHL as their goalie tandem. I've been joking for months now about the two-way, two-B thing that they've got with Martin Jones, Devin Dubnik, and it's it's going to make their team worse, and I don't know what they're trying to... Like, I don't know if they're in a rebuild attempt or if they're just trying to retool for a year or two. But they've got all these players kind of in their primes or just about out of their primes. And their window is not much longer. So to have these two goalies that haven't proven the ability to be starters in the NHL recently, what are they doing? Yeah, I I gave them a D. And if I believed in D minuses, it would it would be that. <laughs> and I, the reason that they didn't get an F from me is because, like, they did, in my opinion and my research they did get more picks than LA um, at least that's what it looked like maybe maybe not but it looks like they at least were getting something done um, and the fact that they brought back Patrick Marleau so just for the fact that he can pass that all-time games played record that's fair <laughs> that itself is that is worth is worthy it. of a bump in letter grade um, and they re-signed Long Beach native Matt Nieto. So he came back. Uh, they lost Jumbo. He's he signed with Toronto, obviously. He'll be back um, in a couple seasons. It's fine. So, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> he can play forever. Um, he's got to get four goals in one game. That's that's just got to happen yep. someday. He can't retire um, until he so gets that. Yeah, I mean... I honestly don't know what to make of San Jose uh, as far as how their season went last year um, because I, I still think that they have a solid roster outside of goalies. Um, I mean, maybe they just want to take another crack at it and see if some guys can stay healthy and if they can be more competitive. Um, but, yeah, I, I, the goaltending thing is really is a big kind of question mark. Like, Dubnik is not the answer. And there was a lot of goalies available, and that's just a curious yeah. move that they did. I wonder, like, I know they just, I'm pretty sure they just brought back Evgeny Nabokov as their goalie coach. So he, he's had a little bit of Ooh. time, but he's it's going to be like his first full year or something with the team in that position. And I'm wondering if they think he's going to make a significant change or improvement for at least Martin Jones. But um, that's a weird thing to bank on. And the other thing I'm wondering is if Doug Wilson was like, oh, we have a good roster. It's probably just an off year, so we'll see what happens if we go in with a similar thing next season as well. That's why he didn't yeah. really want to make any drastic changes in this offseason. At what point do you just put Nabokov back in the net? Uh, game five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll move on to uh, Vancouver, the Canucks. Um, 
I gave them a B, uh, which I think is generous, um, especially considering how their offseason started. Um, but I think that they kind of made up for it with, with some shrewd moves, but it's definitely not the ideal offseason that they were looking for. Um, so, as we've mentioned, they lost to Foley, they lost Markstrom, they lost Tanev, they lost Levo, which is okay, whatever. Um, they lost Louis Deming, again, whatever. Fantenberg signed in the KHL, um, and I thought he was kind of a solid depth T-man for them. He looked, he looked serviceable, um, so I think losing that cheap D-man sucks, but they got some young guys coming up. Um, they signed Brayden Holtby. Uh, they traded for Nate Schmidt and got a re really great deal on him. Um, they re-signed Adam Gaudet, and they also re-signed Jake Vertanen through arbitration, and they re-signed Tyler Mott. And so it started off shaky, losing Markstrom to Foley and Tanev within like a day. Um, but when they signed Holtby, it's like, okay, yeah, that seems like a good move. Um, you know, Markstrom wanted a lot, and they didn't want to give him that long of a term. So it makes sense. And then when they got Schmidt, it was like, okay, yeah, that kind of brings this, this back into a passing grade, in my opinion. Um, because you think of their defense now, um, there's some, I'm not a big fan of uh, Tyler Myers, but you've got Quinn Hughes, Nate Schmidt. Um, you might have like all Ewell Levy coming in. You might be able to see kind of how he does. Um, so they got some younger dynamic players. I'm, I'm interested to see how, sh like a, I'm not sure if they'll play together, but like having Schmidt, and, and Quinn Hughes on like different D pairings that might be really interesting to see that you have like a skating D man that can move the puck quickly so I think that's that's going to be interesting um, and then I think people got to put some respect on the name of Braden Holtby like the guys from the Hockey Minute were saying um, you know he's a great D man and, or a goaltender and uh, they <laughs> they got a pretty pretty good deal for a goalie who's won a Vezina um, and can really play a lot of games um, you know, if, if it's going to be a weird, interesting season where there might be a lot of games in a short amount of time. And, um, if, if one thing is going to happen to, you know, knock on wood, Demko doesn't get hurt or anything, but if he does, then Holtby can step up and, and be the guy. Um, so, so that's, that's good. So yeah, I gave him a B. How about you, Sean? I went a little bit lower. I went down to a C minus that I'm being a little bit Ooh. harsher on them. And I think exactly like you said, their off season started shaky. And I don't think, like, obviously, for the most part, their their replacements are downgrades. I think Schmidt's a good upgrade, and Schmidt's a really good piece that they added in. That was a really good trade to take advantage of Vegas's cap situation, which we'll touch on in a sec. But this is a team that right now is on the verge of going over the top. They are so close. They've shown it the last couple of seasons that they're just about there. But they are saddled by poor cap management, and they can't do a whole lot to really tinker with the roster in the way that they need to. That they've got these contracts that are just so bad, and they're needing to wait for them to to funnel out so they can bring in the right pieces um like you said they had major losses markstrom tanev and especially tyler Toffoli. they go and trade a couple of prospects for him and then plays what like a handful of games and then he goes and signs as a free agent elsewhere um they didn't really replace that scoring with anyone and their forward prospects i don't see anybody else to really take over that potential for scoring that they had um they're really what i see is they're really relying on prospects to come in and play bigger roles 
that they're going to want to see more from Horvat, more from Pedersen and Besser, and major steps up from Thatcher Demko and, like you mentioned him too, Ole Levy on the defensive end. Um, they ultimately, like, their offseason wasn't as bad as it started out. Like, they did – they're going to still be a decent team, but I think they their asset management is a bit leaving to be desired right now. And that's why I kind of took a bit yeah. of a chunk off their grade. Yeah, I mean, I just think that that Schmidt trade was so good that it brought them up. If they didn't make that, it would have been probably oh, a of D course. or yeah. an F. Um, but that I love Schmidt, and I know this is my bias of Capitals players is coming in here, and I love it that Jay Beagle, Nate Schmidt, and Braden Holtby are together again. I just absolutely love it. Um, but I I do know that that's my bias impacting the grade, and that. Yeah, you're right. That Foley loss is going to be huge. Um, he looked like he fit in really well with that team, and he wanted to stay. Um, and then, yeah. and if if they want didn't. their offensive prospects to be their their younger offensive players to be more productive than getting or letting a offensively talented player like Toffoli, who, like you said, he looks like he fit in, uh, walk like that with no real replacement is not going to be the way to do that. Yeah, I know that they're really banking on. Um, Besser kind of bouncing back and having a, a, a more offensively productive season. And, you know, they, they're they're banking on Pedersen being better. Um, Bo Horvat showed in playoffs that he can, you know, be very good offensively too. But I don't know if that's just a – he's a big moment player or if that's legitimately him showing I'm a offensively gifted top – six forward i don't know if he can do that all year and give them you know the 70 points or whatever that they would want from a top top guy um i just don't know if that's him um i think you know Pedersen is definitely going to be that guy 70 80 more points um but yeah i mean can jt miller have another like over a point per game season with them that's another big question mark, too, is know. if he can keep up that level of production next season. Yeah, I mean, they might have a little bit more cap room than shows right now if uh, something happens with Michael Furland and Sven Berchi. I mean, like, those guys are effectively, like, done. At least Furland is probably done. I don't know about Berchi, um, but they might be able to at least put them on long-term IR or bury, bury them or something. Uh, maybe that because like Furlan's at three point five, Berchi's at three point three six, three point three. So I mean that's like almost seven million dollars right there. But yeah, that that it comes. I think it comes down to what you mentioned is that uh, asset management is just looking a little suspect. Where they've got you know six million dollars tied up in Louis Erickson, four point three tied up in Brandon Sutter, um, six million in Tyler Myers. Two million and Jordy Ben, like, well, okay, guys, like, yeah. that's stop handing out these deals, just to like left, right, and center. We need to kind of be a little bit better with our money here. I know you won't like me saying so. this one, but also three million and Jay Beagle and three million and Antoine. Jay Rousseau. Beagle, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's yeah. A, I mean, yeah. that's a lot, and that's. I mean, I love Jay Beagle, but yeah, that's just way too much for him. And I was happy to see him get paid, but I was happy it was not the Capitals yes. that did it, um, because that's that's a lot for a fourth line center who plays like probably like ten, maybe minutes a game, maybe less. 
he's 35, so how much can he play? Win a lot of faceoffs, but he's not getting you. He's not getting you anything more than like 15 points, maybe 20 at most. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll curious to see how how it pans out for them. But yeah, I don't think that they got. I don't think they're a better team, but like I said, I think that they. They kind of salvaged their offseason yep, a bit. No, they definitely did. Okay, uh, so let's uh, move on to the last team here, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. So uh, what did you give them? With Vegas, I gave them an A-, minus. that they kind of they kind of won the offseason here in the Pacific, that they're absolutely going to be in major trouble very soon with their cap space, because even though they are already, it's going to get even worse. But, um, you know, they scored the biggest name on the market, Alex Petrangelo, they somehow figured out a solution. They did it again and figured out a way to get most of this team under the cap. And, like, it, their roster is just set. Like, they are so good. They are set for, you know, deep playoff runs. They don't have to do a whole lot. Um, they re-signed Robin Lenners. Now they have Marc-Andre Fleury's successor, like, right there and ready to go. Chandler Stevenson was a cheap acquisition earlier last season, and they he fit in and they re-signed him, and they're keeping him around, so... Ultimately, the big traction for them was, you know, giving up Nate Schmidt for a third, which is a bad trade, but they replaced him with Alex Petrangelo. And personally, I'd take Petrangelo <laughs> at 8.8 .8 million over Schmidt at 5.9 or whatever he's at. Yeah, kind of an upgrade. Yeah, uh, and then Paul Stasny left town too. Um, and that's where they got some... Um, yeah, they got the cap space for Petrangelo. They also got Carl Dahlstrom, who I think is a you know somewhat decent defensive you know depth defender type guy for them so yeah um i gave them an a uh, just being able to get petrangelo and sign robin Leonard and not lose flurry um outstanding uh, like you said i think they're gonna pay for this in the future or at least i want them to but who knows if they will <laughs> um just as a fan of other teams i want them to pay eventually and not keep getting away with this but maybe they'll work some magic out and you know they are exempt from the expansion draft so they're in a really good they're in a really good place to take advantage from that and to be able to make side deals with teams and be like hey don't want to lose this guy why don't you trade him to us and we'll give you more or like a better thing than seattle might you know so they could really flex that um, and take advantage of that too. So maybe they won't have to pay for it. Um, or maybe they'll be like, hey, we'll take this guy and we'll give you this good player who maybe has like a, you know, Vegas doesn't really have any terrible contracts, but like maybe we'll we'll give you Flurry if you give us, I don't know, somebody or something. So I think they can probably, ex you know, exploit that. Um, but yeah. Um, they they got my highest grade out of all these teams. Um, they they did really well. Um, just you know they really upgraded their team with uh, Petrangelo and Leonard, keeping Leonard around. That is, um, and yeah, for paying basically Stastny and Schmidt. That's a that's worthwhile. Yeah, for sure. Getting like one of the the biggest names out of the off season and being able to keep one of the best goalies in the league long term yeah yeah that's a win, -win. Their, their goals for the offseason were attended or were attained and probably exceeded i don't know if they would have expected to get petrangelo in free agency but you know they got him anyways <laughs> yeah why yeah. not 
<laughs> Why not add another all star? Most most people go. Sh- most people you have their impulse buys at like the checkout at a till, and you know they grab a chocolate bar or something. The Golden Knights just grab Alex Petrangelo, no big deal. Yeah, not a big deal. Um, and they got two jerseys. <laughs> they got a gold one and a red one. Uh, so, um, that's that's cool. I don't know if teams are actually gonna wear the reverse retro. I think they might be more just for fans. I feel um, like probably, but it's just fans if thing. They, if they do end up wearing them, that'll be kind of interesting to see. Um. Vegas have two new. I looks. can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for Detroit to start running drills in their zone in the middle of the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, everyone line up. <laughs> yeah, those those. <laughs> yeah, they probably don't even have like name bars on the back. It's just numbers, and then like they probably have like some that are like you know non-contact jerseys <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, it'll, those are got just the coach terrible. out on the ice too. Can't believe that. Who would buy one of those? Like, oh, I got to get this. Weird. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, well, that uh, that wraps up the division, Sean. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention about uh, any of these teams or anybody that left the division or anything like that? No, I think that wraps things up for this time here on ClapperCast. So make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to our show on any podcast platform and spread around the good word of ClapperCast. To keep up to date with the latest content, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at ClapperCast Media or on Twitter at ClapperCast. And from there, you can tell us how far off we are on these off-season grades. We'll be back next time with more Hockey Talk.